Chapter 13 Waking up the morning after the combat training incident felt more dreamlike than anything Izuku had ever experienced while unconscious. Instead of waking up with dread fumes building in his chest and last night's partially digested dinner spilling from his lips, he felt almost okay. He'd pretty much resigned himself to the fact that he'd never feel good, that the taint of his quirk would darken anything and everything for the rest of his life. But beyond that, there wasn't a whole lot he was instantaneously fearful of. It was a new day, full of potential for things to get better. So he completed his morning routine smoothly, brushing his teeth with only a faint sting from his healing mouth wounds, and washing his face in the sink, while taking care to avoid touching the bandages. The numbness in the side of his face was disconcerting, but easy enough to ignore for the moment. At least he hadn't been forced to see the scar tissue yet. He fought his hair with a brush until it no longer looked like he'd slept in a wind tunnel, and carefully placed an assortment of clips in the strands, feeling almost whimsical, if whimsy had been disemboweled and left to die in a gutter at least. He gathered up the scruff of the hair at the back of his head and put it into a short ponytail with a rainbow hair tie. He considered himself in the mirror for a while, glancing at his hands and idly wondering if his mother would help him paint his nails. After a few moments of deliberation, he decided to bring it up by texting her in the middle of the day, too embarrassed to bring it up in direct conversation. He endured motherly kisses on his way out the door, face burning as he carried his packed lunch that he was incapable of refusing. He did everything he could to avoid noticing the sadness in her gaze, and forced himself not to read into her lingering embrace. Even his transit to school was fairly peaceful the train quiet enough for him to zone out on his phone and skim the multitude of hero fan forums he frequented. He intently tapped his phone screen with both thumbs as he stepped off the train, writing up his fifth paragraph in response to a post questioning the validity of pro-hero number 213, the unshakable hero, steadfast quirk, when he was suddenly assaulted on all sides by an eruption of noise. "'Hey, kid, tell us what it's like to be learning under All Might!' Can you offer a statement about what All Might is like when the cameras are off? Can you confirm true or false whether All Might is definitely involved in the secret villain conspiracy? Izuku shrank away from the amalgam of steadily rising voices, an arsenal of microphones boxing him in place. His breath shortened into quick, desperate pants for air, his thoughts whirring and crashing together, while the anxiety in his chest spiked until it reached crush depth constricting his airway until he was dizzy with fear. Dark spots danced in his vision, the world barely visible outside his swiftly shrinking cone of panic. A sturdy hand on his shoulder pulled a yelp from his constricted throat, the noise cutting out, only to be replaced by a familiar, reproachful bellow. How dare you harass one of my classmates on his way to pursue a higher education! This behavior is utterly shameful and reflects extremely poorly on all of your professional careers. I strongly suggest you cease and desist before I contact the faculty and have them call the authorities to disperse you all. Ida's glasses gleamed with authority in the light of the morning sun, his posture reminding Midoriya of a territorial bird. The moment Ida's hand left his shoulder to be used in his exaggerating posturing, Another one clamped down in the same spot, fingers thick and squeezing with friendly familiarity. Izuku turned enough to be met with red hair and a shark-toothed grin, Kirishima's voice coming out in a whisper shout. Come on, Midoriya, we should give Ida some space to do his thing. 
I kind of wish I had a bouquet of flowers to throw at him or something. Izuku flinched in shock when a bubble of his own laughter completely blindsided him, cheek reddening as he nodded in acquiescence. He let Kirishima lead him around the crowd of bewildered reporters, their pace quickening to enter the school gates before they were noticed. Izuku almost felt disappointed when Kirishima released his grip, yearning for contact that didn't bring him suffering. Jeez, those guys sure are persistent. I had like three of them trying to tail me on the way here. Kind of hard to hide a camera crew, though. Izuku stared in a daze at Kirishima's blazing grin, so impossibly carefree and open and expressive. He was startled out of his reverie when red eyes turned his way, a moment of disconnect leaving Izuku woozy. The shade of Kirishima's eyes was more blood-orange than anything, so unlike the raging inferno locked in Kachan's. He idly admired the color for a moment, feeling loose and indistinct. A hand waving in front of his face snapped him back into focus. Kirishima's voice fading in. Read there for a sec. You totally spaced out on me, man. I know I'm pretty stunning to look at, but... Izuku immediately sputtered to construct a believable defense. Every inch of visible skin on his face inflamed. N no th that's not it. I... I mean... Not that you aren't. I am not trying to say you aren't um g good looking. Mm. A note of ringing laughter met his ears, forcing a whine from his throat as a trembling hand instinctively moved to cover his face. Hey, hey, calm down, man. I'm totally flattered, but I was just messing with you. Kirishima tapped him on the back of one hand, and Izuku stifled a flinch before tentatively lowering his finger shield. He could feel the moment his classmate's gaze drifted towards the gauze on his face, the edges of Kirishima's smile softening. I'd say it was fortunate that those paparazzi gave me an excuse to talk with you, but that'd probably be pretty insensitive considering how messed up you looked with them around. I really wanted a chance to ask, though. How are you holding up? After what happened, I mean. Izuku averted his gaze, unable to handle the full brunt of Kirishima's concern. I... I'm okay... And I really mean it. It's not j just... It d doesn't really hurt. And I haven't seen how it looks yet, so I guess I can wait to f freak out until then. He flashed a smile that he could barely feel. A facade of strung-up porcelain. I I'm more worried about Kachan, actually. He... He... I don't blame him f for what happened. I know he wouldn't hurt me like that on purpose. Kirishima made a non-committal noise, scratching one hand through his hair thoughtfully. Can't say I really got a chance to talk with Bakugo yet. He certainly seems like he's a pretty big asshole, but, yeah, he didn't strike me as the kind of guy that'd seriously hurt someone for no reason. All Might heard what he said before the footage cut out, too. I won't hurt you so bad they have to stop the exercise. Izuku shrunk when he was turned under a critical gaze, one hand nodding nervously in the fabric of his jacket. Something must have gone wrong between the two of you when the cameras went out, right? Blood sloshed in Izuku's ear canals, scorching hot with fear. The question would come out any moment. Kirishima would ask about his quirk, would want to know about it, know the truth. Hey, hey, don't look so frazzled, man. Whatever's going down is your business, okay? I'm not gonna pry if you don't want me to. Like a match lit in a cave, Kirishima's grin sprung back to life 
one hand reaching out to muss a nest of green curls, and the other jammed casually into his pocket. Come on, Midoriya, let's get to class before Cementos gets the chance to lecture us. I swear, it takes the guy like ten minutes to get through a sentence. Izuku squeaked when an arm was flung casually around his shoulders, loose and friendly, and in no way constricting. It was more like an invitation, Izuku realized suddenly, and flushed when he decided not to remove it. He fell on step with Kirishima, letting the other boy's voice wash over him. I really like your hair today, Midoriya. The ponytail's a nice touch. You plan on growing it out? Uh, oh, um, th th thanks. I'm... I don't know. Maybe? My mom isn't super strict about me g getting my hair cut, so I guess I could try to grow it longer. The knot of tension in every joint Izuku possessed slowly loosened, the conversation easing him by a noticeable margin. He paused to spare a glance over his shoulder when they entered the school, before refocusing. He'd speak to Ida after class when they could be alone. He'd make things right. The majority of Izuku's morning classes consisted of him paying attention with half an ear to mundane subjects, while simultaneously attempting to sort his crippling, volatile emotions into neat little categories that he could deal with at his own pace. He absolutely recognized that it was pretty much a futile effort, considering how strongly all his negativity affected him, even back when all he had to worry about was Kachan saying something cruel to him, but it made him feel a little bit better to at least make an attempt. Unfortunately, he didn't notice when his focus started slipping, his attention more and more consumed by his own thoughts as the day wore on. His state was only exacerbated when he stopped by the nurse's office to have his bandages replaced and his scar tissue healed. Recovery girl's quirk leaving him yawning. It came to a head when he wandered into the cafeteria at 20% awareness and somehow managed to trip and smash his face into the linoleum tile. Luckily, he'd managed to avoid both breaking his nose and exacerbating his wound, so he considered it an optimal outcome. He clung to his packed lunch while ignoring the ache in his cheekbone, and snatched up as many condiment packets from the lunch line as he was comfortable with taking. The table he'd been invited to the day before had already been populated, Kirishima's red hair a dead giveaway, and Tokoyami's dark sheen a pleasant surprise. He scurried his way over, apologizing under his breath to anyone he accidentally bumped into, and slid sheepishly into the seat next to Uraraka. Hey, guys. Uraraka and Kirishima both responded immediately, so overflowing with good vibes that his eyes watered. Even Tokoyami spoke up, a slightly stilted, Greetings, that struck Izuku's heart, the sincere effort behind it twisting in his chest. However, the simple nod Ida graced him with threw a darker shade over his mood. He quirked his lips into as warm a smile as he could muster, attempting to help the taller boy relax. It faltered a little when he received no outward reaction, but the beginning of a conversation swept his concerns aside for the moment. "'Glad to see you made it through the lunchroom jungle, Midoriya!' Kirishima's boisterous tone rang out, Uraraka giggling into her lunch. Uraraka and I had just coaxed Tokoyami into speaking full sentences. Quite the untruth, Kirishima. As I recall, you both assaulted me with inquiries until I had no choice but to appease you. Tokoyami's tone was difficult for Izuku to read, but he couldn't really detect any actual annoyance. Uraraka spoke up over Kirishima's easy, same difference. Her eyes wide with excitement. Yeah, 
he was telling us about his favorite bands. He's super into the ones where they have the really neat outfits. Visual K? She questioned, receiving a brief nod from Tokoyami. Yeah, that stuff. And, um, you also said you were into... what was it again? Post-industrial dark ambient soundscapes. Tokoyami intoned deeply. To be lost amidst a conflagration of noise. The raw utterance of grinding metal and emptiness of a civilization long abandoned. And be made commiserate of the ashes left behind. It creates a resonance deep within me that I cannot ignore. A long moment of silence followed Tokoyami's impassioned words. Uraraka's lips parted in shock, and Izuku's eyes blown wide, before Kirishima whooped and roughly patted Tokoyami on the back. Holy crap, man! That is so freaking manly! He seemed entirely oblivious to the outcome of his actions, which involved Tokoyami wheezing to recover the breath that had been knocked out of him. That, that really does sound cool, Tokoyami, Izuku shyly spoke up his hands busy preparing his lunch to his preferred specifications. M maybe you could recommend some albums? I I'm usually more into, uh, um, movie soundtracks, because a lot of the time they're really heroic-sounding, I guess, and it's pretty inspiring to listen. Izuku trailed off when he realized there were three pairs of eyes staring intently at his hands. He glanced down, pausing in the tearing open and applying of his fifth hot sauce packet. What's wrong? Wow, Izuku, that's a crazy amount of hot sauce. How can you stand to eat food like that? Uraraka questioned loudly, her focus flickering between his worried gaze and his spice-laden lunch. Yeah, that's kind of a lot, man. Even for me, Kirishima piped up, his expression a strange mixture of astonishment and nausea. Uh, oh... Um, I... I just... Izuku shrank down in his seat, half wondering if he could get away with just hiding underneath the table. Uh, um, I'm not really a big eater. N not that I don't eat. It's just sometimes I have trouble concentrating on what I'm doing, especially eating, and I'll just stop halfway through because I'm thinking about something else. But if I make my food really spicy... It burns my tongue so that I don't forget to actually, you know, finish eating it. He flashed a nervous smile, the expression an absolute disaster of teeth and lips. Hey, whatever works for you, man. Kirishima offered a reassuring smile in return, something infinitely more complete and put together than the mess Izuku had to work with. I gotta say, though, you must have an iron stomach, too. The rest of his words were cut off by a loud, piercing note that ripped through the cafeteria, loud enough to drown out the resulting outcry of shock. It blipped out after a moment, leaving a shocked silence in its wake. Jeez, that was so loud! Uraraka complained, futilely rubbing at her ear. What the heck was that anyway? It didn't come from the loudspeakers, Ida began, speaking for the first time since Izuku had sat down. Most likely it was the school's alarm system— Perhaps they're performing maintenance and activated it by mistake. Yeah, probably just a malfunction. Izuku hesitantly agreed, voice soft and his thrumming desire to speak with Ida, buzzing just under the surface. Why would they be working on it during school hours, though? Could I at least crank the volume down? Kirishima's gaze rested on Midoriya's half-eaten chicken katsudon, mentally weighing the pros and cons of enduring what looked like a half a liter of hot sauce.
It most likely has to do with the soulless barbarians treading upon our gates. Tokoyami began, seemingly oblivious to both the shadowy claws reaching up from under his side of the table and Izuku's reaction to them, which consisted of him jumping so high in his seat that he banged his knees on the underside of the table. Like vultures, they circle, stalking the lame and the weak so that they might feast while the flesh is yet warm. He leveled a glare in roughly the same direction as the school's front gates, which required him to twist around in his seat. He offered no comment on the claws playing with his chopsticks. The loudspeaker crackled to life a moment later, Principal Nedzu's unflinchingly jubilant voice pouring through a moment later. Attention, students! It's me, your beloved principal. I just wanted to reassure you all that the noise you heard was a malfunction that resulted from routine maintenance on our security systems. Sorry about that. Now all of you feel free to resume your lunches. Izuku blinked when Tokoyami's chopsticks clattered to the table, the inky hand that had been manipulating them having vanished while he was distracted. I'm not the only one that saw that, right? Saw what? Tokoyami turned away from his glaring to catch sight of his misplaced utensils. Oh, yes. Worry not. That was merely dark shadow. It is quite mischievous when the mood strikes it. I imagine it is pent up at the moment, considering I haven't had a reason to draw forth its power yet today. A question formed on the tip of Izuku's tongue, and he forced himself to swallow it back. He, as nice as everyone was, he couldn't reveal the extent of his quirk to them. Not yet. Maybe not ever. But Tokoyami's words stuck with him, revolving in slow, meandering circles. If he could relieve his own quirk just by using it. Kirishima mulled over the information for a moment, before a wide grin slid across his face. Mischievous, huh? Hey, Tokoyami, you think Dark Shadow would be up for helping with, like, pranks and stuff? Tokoyami scoffed, folding his arms across his chest. What a trite inquiry. I will have no part in something as juvenile as practical jokes. He started when a shadowy limb emerged from the space just underneath his folded arms, the roiling darkness shifting to form a giant thumbs up. Kirishima's face brightened like the sun, and Tokoyami muttered something about asinine shenanigans under his breath as dark shadow retreated. Izuku hid a smile behind his palm, Uraraka giggling unashamedly beside him. The brief levity was dampened, however, by the brush of gauze against his fingers, and Ida's subdued demeanor. All he had to do was wait after class, and he could make things better. Izuku filed back into 1A's classroom, once lunch ended, his gaze drawn thoughtfully towards his sticker-laden shoes. Some of them were peeling. He'd have to buy more to replace them. Maybe he could look into something small to make a bit of extra money, so he wouldn't feel bad about wasting his mother's money just to hide his own insecurity. He was so lost in his own slowly darkening thoughts that he didn't realize Mr. Ayazawa was standing by the door until an envelope was slipped into his lax grip. He flinched in shock, head snapping up to meet his teacher's half-flitted gaze. Mr. Ayazawa said nothing to him directly, only turning to stop closer to his desk and turn his exhausted gaze on the class. Midoriya and Ashido, you're swapping desks. Don't whine about it, because it won't change anything. He barely even waited for them to move, before he continued speaking, his voice an apathetic drone. Also, All Might couldn't make it in today, so your hero studies class has been cancelled. 
you'll get an optional study period instead. A chorus of groans rang out, and his lips pulled into a half-hearted scowl. Don't complain to me. Complain to All Might when he actually bothers to show up. Izuku slunk across the classroom while Mr. Ayazawa continued to speak, offering a weak grin and a one-shouldered shrug to Ashido when he passed her. She merely wiggled her fingers in greeting, seemingly not too concerned with her new seat behind Bakugo's empty desk. He tore his gaze away from the empty desk, focusing instead on the envelope Mr. Ayazawa had slipped him. It was completely plain and a little bit crumpled, with Don't Open Until After Class, marked on the front in slanted handwriting. He frowned down at it, as equally curious as to the contents, as he was dreading them, but he would follow the directions given to him. Need to choose a class rep. I don't care who it is or how you do it, as long as it's done quick. Mr. Ayazawa circled around behind his desk, the ends of his scarf trailing behind him, and keep the noise to a minimum. He felt like a rock the moment after, disappearing underneath his desk to insulate himself from the buzz of excited chatter. Izuku clutched the letter against his leg, thumb rubbing gently across the side of it that was unmarked. He was aching to know what was inside, a minuscule part of him bleeding delusional hope like a lesion. He squeezed his eyes shut, attempting to forcibly convince himself that it probably wasn't even anything super important. It shouldn't have caused his chest to tighten, his eyes to water, his being pulled apart into threads at the mere thought of what he hoped it might be. Whispers of static curled around his head, breaching the blessed silence he had finally achieved. He choked down a whimper, twisting his free hand in the fabric of his pant leg. A call of his name ripped him out of his decline, eyes blinking away, starburst to focus on Ida, standing impassively in front of his desk. We need your vote before we can finish the election for class representative, Midoriya. Ida presented him with a sheet of paper and a pen, his gaze distant and his voice subdued. It, as much as Izuku imagined how someone could feel snubbed by the cold behavior, it merely deepened the chasm in his heart. Just, just a little longer and he could do something. He marked a tally next to Ida's name on the makeshift ballot, handing both it and the pen back with a taped-together smile. Ida made eye contact in the brief moment the items exchanged hands, and he looked stricken before he hurried off. Probably guilt over the bandages, Izuku surmised gloomily. He zoned out for another few minutes, chastising himself over a half-remembered thought to text his mother earlier. He desperately wanted something more tangible to bring life back into his colorless visage, but he still recognized how embarrassing it would be to ask his mother to help him paint his nails. He could always look up tutorials online, but that didn't exactly help him with acquiring the necessary materials. Midoriya, pay attention. Izuku snapped up in his seat so hard that he fell out of it, scrambling to catch himself before he smacked his face off the tile for the second time that day. He straightened to his feet when Mr. Ayazawa's glare intensified, trembling under the force of it. He could see Yayazuro standing by the blackboard, her expression one of barely contained suffering. What's... He froze at the sight of the blackboard itself, listing the names of every student in the class. Every name was ordered by the number of votes they had received, a chunk of them containing either one or zero votes, before he saw Yayazuro's name with two, and his own with four. Th that's I'm having a nightmare, right? His voice was faint, so wrought with tremors that it felt like his vocal cords would come loose. Nightmare, position of authority. 
They boil down to a common theme, Mr. Ayazawa muttered, jerking his head in a motion that sent Izuku scrambling toward the front of the room. The majority of his classmates eyed him with mild envy or annoyance, excluding those he'd already connected with. Kirishima grinned encouragingly, flashing an incredibly unsubtle wink. Midoriya, your class rep. Yayazuro is your deputy. Your first official duty, Mr. Ayazawa paused, allowing the bell to stop ringing, is to get out of here. Class is dismissed. Izuku bolted the moment he could, which was a few moments after over half the class had already filed out. The weight of the letter in his pocket and the responsibility suddenly hanging from his shoulders made him unsteady on his feet, but he was desperate to make it outside, to make some part of what had happened okay, to make it so Ida could look him in the eye again. The sight of a broad back walking swiftly down the school's main path spurned him into action, his feet acting of their own will, and his voice rising in a shout. Ida, wait! 